gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the internet. Here in the basement of the Great Hall of Justice are the most powerful forces for good podcasting ever assembled. This is the DC Superpowers Podcast. This looks like a job for Superman. To the Batmobile. My name is John Jones. I am the Green Arrow. Hey, Super Friends, welcome back to issue 35 of the DC Superpowers podcast for New Comic Book Day, December 23rd, 2016. I'm your host, Ken Rose, sitting here along with me, as always, in the basement of Hall of Justice is my good buddy, Vern. Hello, Super Friends. So, Vern, how are you doing today? I, I'm getting better from being sick, so I feel good about that. I'm done with classes, so nice. I can finally start my vacation. <laughs> you, you passed everything, right? Yep. Awesome. Took my so, last exam today. Cool. Um, and, hey, it's not Monday night. No, it's not. The last two weeks, yeah. Super Friends, we've had to record this thing on Monday night and still try to get it out before the new comic day on Wednesday. So we actually have some we're, time we're now. We're back on schedule. That's right. Um, and, uh, Super Friends, we talked about this before the show, Vernon and I, that you are going to get ish- brand new issues the next two weeks, even though there's the holidays and stuff. we got to figure out how we're going to do this. We're gonna, You're still going to get them. Probably on Saturdays, on um, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, hopefully. If not, they mm-hmm. will definitely still be out before New Comic Book Day. So um, yeah. we actually say, have a this, packed. Oh, go ahead. I'll just say, yeah, this week, since we didn't have too many uh, TV reviews to do since they kind of took their uh, midseason finale break, we have a lot of news for you guys this week. Yeah, there's a lot of news stories this week. Um, we got it. Hey, you know what? You were going to cover this story, so let's start with TV anyway. We got a new okay. cartoon. Oh, yes, we do. Oh. I, I've I, seen just some clips of this on DC's website and their YouTube page, and it's, this looks awesome. Yeah, I've not got a chance to see, see it. we got to find a way to, a way to actually watch this, because it's on Cartoon Network, but I don't have Cartoon Network. I don't either, sadly. So we'll, we'll find a way. I was very surprised that in this clip, I was very surprised to see two characters that were never really mentioned before in uh, any major DC animated series. What ones you got? The dark characters, uh, Comet, uh, Comet, <laughs> Constantine and Swamp Thing. Oh, yeah. Well, Constantine, I don't know if he's ever been in it. Well, he's coming. They're both coming up in the Justice League Dark that comes out um, next month. But right, but since that's a uh, directed DVD animated series, they usually can go anywhere with that. But far as yeah. the kids, well, that one actually, uh, we're going to be talking about that surprised. one here in a little bit. Um, that one's actually got an R rating. Hmm. So this is going to be their second animated film to get an R rating. Exactly. It's one of those that um, the um, <clears throat> the Killing Joke busted the door open. Now they're going to run through it with some of these other ones. Great. I'll be glad to see that. I'm um, not going to lie with Constantine, Dead Man, Swamp Thing. I feel like you need an R rating. And Etrigan's in there. Yeah. So these are all violent characters uh, from DC and pretty scary. Because so, I know when I was younger, I still could watch, um, what is that, The Death of Superman, The Superman's Doomsday. Yeah. It was very PG-13, but it was animated and it was on Cartoon Network on Toonami. So mom would yeah. let me watch it. But something like this, you know, eh, eh, watch it before you let your kids see this movie. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but it actually it premiered Friday, December 16th at 6 p.m. on Cartoon Network, so it looks like it'll be Friday nights at 6 on Cartoon Network. So anybody who has Cartoon Network, obviously everybody knows Cartoon Network's going to play reruns of this all week, all the time. But check this out. It's supposed to be a phenomenal show. It's getting great reviews. And some of the talent in this thing are is amazing. Yeah, um, they've got a lot of names from the um, series before them, the um, Justice League series, to come back to. Uh-huh. Well, I, got, I guess it says... Um, 
it's a much lighter tone show than the previous Bruce Tim animated series is. So it looks like Bruce Tim is actually running this, which is awesome. If you're going to make TV DC comics, Bruce Tim's the guy to do it. Oh yeah, so. um, and well, we got our premiere yeah last night. Came out on February. I'm sorry, February Friday night, December sixteenth at six p.m. on Cartoon Network. And um, just the action, instead of being like the old shows that usually just run half an hour for the 22-minute runtime, this is going to be a show for the half an hour chopped up into two different stories, each one 11 minutes. Well, that's, close, have a, uh, that's closer to what like um, Titans Go is, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say they've done it before. Um, but I guess with something like this, it's new. Teen Titans Go was shot a little different. Something like this, uh, the audience is now targeted more into the nighttime. Uh, Teen Titans Go, I think, wasn't that on, on the morning spot at first? I don't know. I've like I said, I've not had um, Cartoon Network for a while. I think before we uh, stop having cable, I think it was in the morning. I may be wrong. They might be showing um, reruns, but the night before was Friday night from school, so <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't get a lot of chance to actually watch the TV. I was, I was happy when uh, Young Justice did come into uh, morning, but yeah. this is going to be something they um, are going to continue with. Even though they had an hour long premiere, they did get a lot of action pack story in there. I can't wait to. Maybe we can review that next week on the show, uh, get our feelings out of it. Yeah, if we can figure out a, play, a place to watch it at. So, actually, Super Friends, if you know a place to watch it online, let us, send us an email at dcsuperpowers at gmail.com. Hopefully, we'll be able to get a chance to watch this, too. But um, from the clip that we did see, I don't know if everybody else out there uh, watched the clip. This was uh, showing Superman, Green Arrow, Batman, Wonder Woman, John Constantine, Plastic Man, and Swamp Thing. Um, I always have to laugh when I right see swan, when I see um, Plastic Man. In Plastic anything. Man, <laughs> I did too when he came so through I, the door. I grew up watching the old cartoon. That is not the bathroom. Yeah, uh, I, I can't wait to see this. I'm probably going to buy this on DVD or download digitally on um, Amazon Prime. Probably, um, but uh, actually, they have some. It said there's some familiar voices in here too. Stuff yeah. like you know you're doing it right when you bring Kevin Conroy back to do Batman. Oh, yeah, that's one thing. Um, a lot of people, when at first they saw the art for it, they're like, ugh, we're getting another kid animated movie and TV show. And then once we found out the voices, people were like, whoa, this might be actually pretty good. Yeah. So um, that, that did get a lot of people that uh, had their second do- second doubts about the show. So Kevin Conroy definitely helped that. Um, isn't the same guy that voiced uh, Superman coming back for this, too? Um, it wrong? doesn't say that. It says here, though, that... Um... Crispin Freeman, who was Roy Harper in Young Justice, is actually doing Martian Manhunter. But there's some actual some decent name, there's some decent big names doing some of the other characters. And it doesn't say who the who they're doing, but some of the voices are done by Sean Austin, who which he, he actually is coming off of. Um, I think he's still doing Ninja Turtles right now. But everybody knows him from Rudy and from the Hobbit movies and the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, Patton Oswalt, everybody knows. Carl oh, Reiner, yeah. which I'm not all that familiar with, but um, Andy Richter, everybody knows, a comedian. Brett Spiner from Star Trek. And um, oh. James Woods is actually in this, too. And then the big one, hmm. Mark Hamill is coming back to do the Joker and other characters. That was that was the other one. So. Yep. I, there was a clip of him put out a while ago. It might have been a couple weeks or a month ago, and I seen that. Uh, it was it was Joker, so of course it was funny. But... Justice League uh, action from I've seen where Joker even was, that's usually out of his element. It can happen, happen in the books, it used to happen in the old cartoons. Um, they will mix a lot of different characters together, like Doomsday. I think it was the one with uh, Joker on Darkseid's planet, on Apocalypse, which usually would never happen in uh, the recent cartoons we've seen of the Justice League. So this is nice that they're dib- dabbing into each element of the characters. Yeah. Well, it does say that the um, this article here has that the... Um the actual directors, the supervising directors of the show is Jake 
Kestarina, which actually worked previously on DC animated movies, uh, uh, Batman Assault on Arkham, Batman vs. Robin, and Justice League Gods of Monsters. Then the co-director... Well, so he's had some experience with this. Yeah, he's, uh, he definitely knows the DC universe. Um, the co-director is Sean... T- now, this one's going to... Uh, I'm going to bl- destroy this name. Nigo Gossian? And I guess his resume has Danny Phantom, Justice League, and Be Cool Scooby-Doo are three of the big ones on his. Okay, and well, if he's with Scooby-Doo, just... Okay, Danny Phantom. They've all worked with uh, Warner Bros. before. Uh-huh. Okay. Almost Not like bad. Cartoon Network's using their own. Yeah, which isn't a bad thing to do. Hey, recycle, reuse them. If they're good, you're not really... I don't think that's recycling them. That's just holding your value. <laughs> exactly. So, but um, yeah, hopefully, like I said, shoot us an email. Once again, it's DC Superpowers Podcast at gmail.com. If you got a, if you can figure out a way that we can watch this thing um, online. Um, so, but next one up is actually we have a list of all the new DC Comics TV and movies for 2017. There's a couple of these I forgot about. This is all the new stuff for 2017. Yeah, so so all your CW shows are not really on here because no. it's they're not new. They're actually still they're ongoing. Right. So, um, but let, let's just run down the list here and see what they got here. We got um, first up is um, in January of January 24th is the digital release. So the DVD and Blu-ray will be a little later. It's Justice League Dark. Now we've already talked about this some. It looks like it's going to be a great movie. It is R-rated. Um, it features the the DC team, uh, the Justice League Dark team, but it also has Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, those type of people in it. Matt Ryan is actually coming back to do Constantine again. Yes. So this one looks like it's going to be fun, and the trailers we've seen a couple t- a couple trailers that looked really really good. Oh yeah, I've been hyped for this. My friend, um, he's not really big into the superheroes, but he said he's definitely wanting to see this one. It's certain characters that uh catches attention. He said Constantine's one of them, so I can't wait for this one to come out. So the next one they have up on the list is February second. We have Powerless, which we talked about last week, mm-hmm. and this has the um, this has the synopsis again that we gave you guys last week. It's the updated synopsis where they work for research and development for Wayne Security. So it's going to be an interesting show. We we talked all about that one. The next one on February tenth, everybody gets to go to the theaters again. It's the Lego Batman movie, and uh, I yeah I saw Rogue One already. This that's amazing. But we saw a trailer for this in front of Rogue One. Huh. This looks crazy in all the ways that uh, Lego should be. Yeah, um, wasn't the Lego movie like one of the best top selling anime films ever? <laughs> it's it was close. Oh, okay. But, um, um, <laughs> I was curious about this new Lego Batman movie. Which Robin is going to be in there? I'm trying. I can't put my I finger on which one. I think it's supposed to be Dick Grayson, but it didn't look like it. it looked like a girl. It almost looked like um, the one you get from um, <coughs> the Dark, Dark Knight Returns. Returns. So I'm not sure, but it does have Will Arnett coming back to play the Batman again, just same as um, he did in the Lego movie. But they add Zach Galifianakis as the Joker. Michael Sarah is Robin. So it is. Um, it's probably one of the Robins we know. More than likely, it's Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson, yeah. And Rosario just, Dawson. Just a different take on him. Yeah. Well, Rosario Dawson is playing uh, Barbara Gordon slash Batgirl. Oh. So we got some names in this one. Hmm. The next thing we got up on the list is actually moving all the way to June 2nd. We have Wonder Woman. Which we have some Wonder Woman news later on in the show. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. the, remember, November 17th this year, we get Justice League. Just in time for Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. This one's good. I can't wait for this. I've been waiting for this for years and years and years. And years and years. And me too. Um, I, I'm very curious. I, I can't wait. I, I'm. They can go anywhere if this movie is a thing. They can introduce a, they can introduce a whole lot of characters that they may not even have in costume or, t- or their... Uh, 
superhero persona yet, but we can get a lot of name drops too. And if we do, that's just going to be awesome to know that they exist in this universe. That's oh, what yeah. I'm really excited for as well. Well, they have a couple more listed here that actually don't have a release line, uh, the release date, but this stuff has been actually that's supposed it. to be coming. These are the ones that, yeah, this I do too. One. The next one, we, remember, we still have Teen Titans Judas Contract coming out and animated some point next year. Um, that one's going to be awesome. If you haven't read the Judas Contract, it was one of the um, top stories for the Titans back in the early 80s. Now, and I was going to say this next one. Now is The next this... one I've not heard. I didn't, I didn't hear, but I guess it was announced. I don't even know about this. Yeah. Batman and Harley I Quinn. this was a movie. Huh. Um, the announcement, Bruce Tim will be working. Oh, is working on Batman and Harley Quinn, or a Batman and Harley Quinn film set for a summer premiere. So is this going to be? This has to be animated then. Yeah, it's an animated movie. Um, huh. The film makes a whole lot of sense given Harley's immense popularity. Um, following the Suicide Squad, well, before that too, she was one of the um, hottest properties DC's had for a while. Um, now, not much is known about the project other than it will be an original story. Um, the good news, though, is that nobody knows Harley Quinn better than her co-creators, Bruce Tim. Obviously, <laughs> Bruce Tim yeah. created the character back in the '90s. So, um, then there's a couple He's more. He's gonna get that, his hands back on his baby again. This is the, now TV projects they have in the pipeline. That um, it says it sounds like 2017 is gonna be a huge year. You're right. Um, sometime in 2017 to 2018 TV series season, we're supposed to. Get, have you ever heard of Scalped? No. I guess it's something that um, Jeff Johns is supposed yeah. to be executive producer. Maybe. It's a book, some book that um, WGN America has ordered, a pilot for it. Um, the next oh. one we've talked about some is um, Krypton, and it looks like as of right now, they've done a lot of the um, – they may at this point have already had the um, the pilot filmed because it looks like they're getting this ready for a oh. fall premiere on Sci-Fi. Um, I, I, have seen, I have seen Scout before. He looks like it's a Native American um... – Comic series. It's uh, long, something like with Preacher. Now, is this one mainstream DC or was it Vertigo? I want to say this is Vertigo. I'm looking into it now. I, yes, it's Vertigo's uh, comics. This was published in January 3rd of 2007. Okay. So. Yeah, this goes along with like the Preacher and everything else. Uh, one of their bigger. Okay. okay. So he, well, he's pretty well known. Okay. I've seen this um, comic uh, cover before. I just never knew who it was. It wasn't something that I uh, took interest in at the first sight of. Well, this looks like it's going to be a... Um, look up and read some stuff before the show comes out. Yeah, and Jeff Johns is going to be executive producing that. So and then, uh, like I said, we got Krypton coming for sci-fi. I forgot all about the next one, that Fox has ordered um, Black Lightning to be developed into a series. Oh, yeah. And it looks like Fox. they have um, Greg Berlani um, is going to be probably um, doing it for them. And remember, Berlani's the one that's done the other four shows that are on CW. And... Uh, well, this is going to be a third show on Fox. From like, yeah, DC this will be the right third now. DC property on Fox because you got to remember they have Gotham, which it's kind of divisive. Even people, a lot of people love it, a lot of people hate it. I'm in the middle somewhere, which is weird because most people are one way or the other. Um, and then remember they have Lucifer, which I've not got a chance to watch yet. But Luc- Lucifer's, Lucifer's been doing technically really good. a Vertigo series, but it is. It's still the DC Comics property. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they might start uh, doing a little bit more with him um, in the comics, actually, Lucifer. They're going to move him over into the DC main universe? Um, I don't know if they're doing that, but they were talking about how he is one of the most powerful, technically one of the most powerful uh, characters in DC. So well, since he's, he's Satan, he there should be the most powerful. He's right. an angel. I, yeah. I, from hearing that, I'm wondering if we might get him now in the DC's uh, main who's continuity. The, who's the other DC Comics angel? They actually have one that's actually an archangel or something. Remember back in the day they had a guy? It was not Azrael. It was Azazel or – do you know who I'm talking about? I'm talking about – 
I think so. I think they used him at one point in Teen Titans book. If I'm thinking about the same one, I think so too. Let me let me Google that. But um, yeah, Lucifer has uh, is a strong person, strong character. So yeah. So after I heard that, I was wondering we might get to see him more. But that that's just a little thought of mine. Um. Oh, here's Zariel or Zarel. Zarel. Let me. I'm trying to remember what this. I think he was like. in uh, Justice League Unlimited once or twice. Z a u r i e l Zariel. I'm looking at him, but I can't remember if I. I, re- I remember him show. when you said when I see a picture of him. So I don't remember he when was he was brought in. Cartoon. First appearance was '97 in JLA number six. That was right as I was getting out of comics. Mm, okay, he's not ringing a big bell to me. Not this one. He was created by um, huh. Grant Morrison, Mark Millar, Harold Porter, and John Dell. How long do they use Morrison him? and Millar? Everybody one? knows. Him being an angel and being so powerful, I'm guessing he didn't have the longest complex today. He probably came yeah. in for a couple. Well, no, he was uh, he was a member of the Justice League. Oh, was he? Okay. Huh. Yeah, I, I don't remember this guy. Yeah, he was a guardian angel who served heaven for millions of years. He willingly falls to earth and becomes a superhero, joining the Justice League. Hmm. He sounds pretty dangerous. Well, yeah. powerful. <laughs> First appears in JLA number six. Other side, I would like to be on the team with him. Yeah. Hmm. No, so, wait, I, I haven't. I might if I did see him. It's not. But imagine. Me. Well, it'd be kind of cool if they actually use that as a way to bring um, Zariel back. It would. Zariel and Lucifer. And we need, like I said, I I don't remember him. So hey, for readers that may not remember him, he would be perfect. Yeah. So okay. And they've been bringing. They've been doing that anyway. Stuff. They've been bringing it back characters that have been around for a while. Yeah, which I do not mind at all. The guys like the Ray. Yeah. Um. I didn't think I was gonna see the Ray again. <laughs> Probably ever. I just remember him from the. Cartoons. I had almost I forgot had... him about. But he's coming back for Justice, Justice League. League. That was it. So never even knew he was really too big in the books. Um, not when I start reading them. Yeah, but staying in the realm of TV and movies, we actually have some more new movie news, which everybody's probably heard about, but you've not heard us talk about it. Yeah, this has been going around the web. This has one been one of the biggest things, especially for the moviegoers. Um, well, I knew David Ayer was coming back, but I didn't know for what. And he also said he was going to work with um, Margot Robbie. Oh. Well, it turns out David Ayer is coming back along with Marvel Robbie's Harley Quinn to make a Gotham Sirens movie, and this is going to be the first. Oh, me once again advertisements. Um, this is going to be the first female team of uh, superhero comic book characters ever. No, 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 no. Um, super villain. <laughs> super villain. See, because they're anti. Harley, I like. We got Harley and Catwoman have been um, anti. Have worked with the heroes also, but right, I don't but think Poison Ivy has ever been on the good well, side. She has short run um, with the team, not Teen Titans. I'm sorry, um, the Suicide Squad uh, for the New Fifty Two Suicide Squad oh, okay. for the in run before we got Rebirth. She was on the team, so I guess all of them have played good and bad. But if, for people that don't know, in the Gotham Sirens series, uh, they never really touched on being a big time criminal. They might have still stole things, but they never want to uh destroy the city, kill anybody. They were actually out there to help people that were in need, especially women. Um so they were they were anti heroes in the comic book and since yeah. David Ayer did Suicide Squad, a team full of basically villains but became anti heroes, this is right up his alley. Okay. Um and they will have uh help from Jeff Johns and uh John Berg and also Well yeah, that's because they're the um remember those are the two guys in charge of D C entertainment. Oh yeah, they're the head they're right the heads now. of DC Entertainment, so they're going to be producers on it no matter what. And um, you're also in here it says they're still also going to be working on another uh, Suicide Squad sequel and possibly a uh, Deadshot spinoff movie. Mm-hmm. Now, did you hear the news about who wants to who's throwing her hat out there to play Poison? Or is it Poison Ivy or Catwoman? I think Catwoman. I haven't heard anything. 
I haven't, I haven't heard anything for anyone. Megan one. Fox has already come out and said she wants to play it's either Catwoman or Poison Ivy in this. I bet she does. <laughs> I think I it was Catwoman she, she wants to play. <laughs> Which, <laughs> anyway, you look at it, this is going to be the, the fourth Catwoman we see on the big screen. Actually, the yeah. fifth if you go back to the 60s. Yeah. yeah. Um, We're getting yeah, almost well, as many um, women yeah, playing Catwoman as we do Batman. And like as I said, when you have Batman hand in hand, you're, you're going to need a Catwoman at some point. Exactly. Uh, the only time, no, we did. I was going to say the only time we didn't get a Catwoman was for uh, Christopher Norlands, but we did at the last movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, every time it seems like they make a big budget uh, Batman. And then Anne Hathaway come in, come in and do it. Mm-hmm. You have Michelle Pfeiffer before, and they had um, like. Two or three different ladies play it for the original Batman the TV anime, series, anime, the, uh, but the they only yeah. had the, in the movie they had um, Julie Newmar, wasn't it? First, uh, yeah, the first female for um, Catwoman live action. Yeah, the first the the movie they did for Batman the movie back in the sixties, I believe, was Julie Newmar did the movie, and that's the only time she played her was only in the movie. Was it? Yeah, because they had Eartha Kitt and um, as I draw a blank. Then yeah, Eartha Kitt I, and someone else play it for the TV series. Julie Newmar came in and just did it for the uh, for the movie. Um, can't find her name right now. So well, there's been there's definitely. But this is gonna be interesting. Did you ever read? Did you ever read um, Gotham City Sirens? I guess it was a uh, comic for a while read, before the I know about it from um, internet and uh, stories around there. That's okay. it. Um, I would li- I would like to have read them. I would like to even collect the toys of them. I, I think they're a pretty cool team. Just that concept yeah. of the three. Uh, Villains of Gotham being the three females that Batman seems to always go up against work together, and they actually kind of do good, but it gets overlooked because they still are villains, and they do still have their own um their own reasons for doing something good. It's not just because they went out that day and said, "Hey, I'm going to save somebody." If they seen somebody was in trouble and for the wrong reasons, they would go out and lend a hand. Okay, so next up, we actually still stay in the realm of movies with and still in the Batman universe. Because Ben Affleck has been talking about his Batman movie. And um, basically he's <laughs> saying that um, they're taking their time. They've not actually put a release date on this movie because he doesn't believe in actually putting the cart before the horse, basically. He yeah. doesn't want to be beholden to say, hey, you have to have it done at this time. So you have to rush what you're doing to make sure that you get hit that time. And that's one thing fans were complaining about with Suicide Squad. Exactly. But – um. The actual excerpt from his content, from his comments, it says, "We still have to get a screenplay and get it together. I'm a I'm a real believer in not reverse engineering projects to meet a window or a date, but rather when you get the right story, when the with the right when the right idea, when the right thing, then you make the movie. It's what you're. That's what we're doing, and I'm hoping to get that uh, to get that done. I'm spending a lot more time, a lot of time working on that." But also working on other stuff. Now, if I if I could, if I could find it right, there's nothing I'd love more than to direct a standalone iconic great Batman movie. But it's been but it's been done. Chris Nolan did three really great movies. I'm really mm-hmm. mindful of that. I'm not in any hurry to jam the mediocre movie down the pipeline. I really want to make sure that if we do it, we get the great version, the one that's worthy of the traditions of guys like Tim Burton, Chris Nolan, and Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. So it looks like he's gonna he's taking his time and he's not gonna um he's not gonna let the studio push him around like it looks like Warner Brothers does with most of these anyway, which is kind of going to be interesting to see what how Warner Brothers deals with that. I was gonna say um I think Ben Affleck's got two movies under uh Warner Brothers right now that's coming out next year. Okay. Well, one came out this year and the other one's coming out next year. So he's been I've been noticing that I said hey, and he's directing all of them. Well, he's we know he can direct a good directing. movie because he's got. 
more than he's got um, what two or three Oscars from directing. Yeah, I, I just didn't think they were going to put out two right after each other. Now they're also working on the Batman film he's directing and acting in. So th- these are three movies he's doing in the next couple of years, and Warner Bros. just letting him take over. So um, I, I can definitely believe Ben Affleck wouldn't be one of the guys that let them run walk over him. If he did, he probably wouldn't be pumping out good movies like he's been doing. Yeah, well, the one thing with Warner Brothers we have seen, if you're proven that you can actually, you know what you're doing and you're actually able to keep going, <laughs> then they've learned that um, they do give them a little bit more um, more of a line. Look at what they've done with Zack Snyder. They like what he's done. Yeah. And he get he does, um, they basically let him have free reign somewhat from what it looks like. Right. And I, I, as I said, some people were complaining about uh, the Batman vs. Superman, uh, Don Justice, but he had so many different movies with them, guys, that... They did find a lot of good things about him. A lot of fans will say The Watchmen is one of the best comic adaptations people have ever seen, yeah. uh, along with 300. And a lot of people, I think, forget that 300 was even a graphic novel. And he yeah. did amazing. Ama- that thing was like the one of the popular movies or, or the popular movie when it came out that year. I forget what year it was, but that's all I remember seeing and people talking about was 300. Oh, yeah. Well, I, when I saw 300 to start with, I didn't realize it was a comic book already. When I first watched it, I didn't realize that. Um, my uncle was – I was on vacation with him somewhere, and we were um, watching in the in the hotel, and my uncle was like, yeah, this was a book. And I was like, wait, what? I mean, he said book. I thought he might have just meant like a regular novel. Then I got a little older and saw it was a graphic novel. So uh, I definitely took more interest in it then. Mm-hmm. Well, um, but the the other uh, movies Ben Affleck was working on with um, Warner Brothers was The Accountant. And I think this – yeah, this came out uh, yeah, this year in October. Out. Um, Live by Night comes out this month, and it comes out on Christmas. And then okay. he's also got um the Batman movie. Batman. Well, he's also he was he um they filmed Justice League this year also. Yeah, he did. But he wasn't directing or um he wasn't directing that movie. He only starred in that. Yeah. Uh, the so, other two he actually did direct. He's keeping so. busy. Not bad for a guy who started in Mallrats. <laughs> yeah. So I, man, is that is that what he started out in? I don't. Know. I'd have to look him up, but um. I know he was I, very young when he was in Mallrats. The one uh, that I remember seeing him in as a young as a young guy was um, um, Dazed and Confused. Yeah, I I watched that thing over and over. I need to go back and watch that. It's been a long time since I saw it. It I, man, it's funny. I, I love it. <laughs> uh, it's just a it's just a feel good comedy. It's kind of like up there with Animal House and the um, National Lampoons. Just it's good. Oh, did you hear that? Um... Hulu is getting Animal House, or no, Netflix is getting Animal House this I month. I watched it twice, and I sent one to Kylan. <laughs> so you know what clip I sent to him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I already watched it probably two times for this month. I'll probably watch it again next month. But, um, yeah, that so that's what Ben Affleck has uh, going with it. He's going to be, I think, a pretty big staple in um, Warner Bros. for the next couple of years. Yeah. Actually, no, he started all the way back in 1981 as a kid. So it's he, was a, he was in he some after-school after specials. Yeah, that's right. Um. Field of Dreams, a, he was in, I guess. Yeah, and, the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Yeah, Days and Confused was before, um, was before Mallrats. I thought so because that's where a lot of uh, a lot of the actors, Matthew McConaughey, Ben Affleck, um, who else started? Oh there? yeah, there was there was a lot there was a lot of big names. Um, well, it's Mia almost Joel like Fish. every every generation of actors has a movie like that. Like you have the Brat Pack from the eighties. Right. They did Brian um, Pink and uh, Breakfast Club and all those. You have Days of Confused had it was another one that was a bunch of brand new people that have exploded since then. Um, the next one I can think of that's a, a who's who again was when you get to the um, when you get to um, the TV in the late '90s and you get Freaks and Geeks. That was 
took. Hey, I was gonna say that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's another that one. It's like you get every so often you get one of these movies that everybody in it exploded after this was done. Or a TV yeah. show. Or a TV show. Because mm-hmm. uh, Freaks and Geeks, it was like, like, so that was where Seth Rogen and James Franco had their first romance. <laughs> and everybody else in that has exploded out there, too. Yep. So, so um, yeah, I, they, that's I think Days Confused probably one of my favorite because it came out in the 90s. That was my year <laughs> when I was born. So just being around, just seeing that on VHS. Wow. Saying VHS just makes me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, okay. Um, I, I was going to let you tackle the next one. Uh, Oh, Lego. yeah. Well, the next one, actually, we're going to get a little away from um, media as much and get into Well, this is a different type of media, really. And this is basically, mm-hmm. this is for any of our listeners out in London or Europe area. Um, I didn't know this was happening, but um, I have a press release right here. Um, the Art of the Brick, DC Superheroes, is actually a um, DC Comics art exhibition all in Lego. It's artist Nathan Sawaya returns to London for the world's largest Lego exhibition inspired by Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. More than 120 works of art created with more than 2 million Lego bricks. So um, this is coming to London South Bank, which is their art district in London. And it doesn't cost much to get in. Well, it starts on March 1st, um, 2017, and the tickets are going on sale, or actually already on sale now, the 14th of December. Now, like I said, I'd never heard of this, but I guess... um, it's wrapping up. It's running Madrid right now. So, I, so this is one definitely, when it comes to America, I want to check out. It says, um, let me see. There's a couple of good things in here. Um, they have a life-size Batmobile at 5.5 meters long. So that's like 15, almost um, almost 20 feet long, um, mm-hmm. built from uh, from half a million standard Lego pieces. He's also captured, um, Sawaya has captured a real-scale um on a real scale, some of the most iconic superheroes and supervillains from the DC or from DC exploring more than 80 years of history. Now, it says here he this is actually from Sawaya. He says, um, just like Superman, we all have our own history. This art collection is based on the elements of the journey of a superhero, including the moment in which we are all called to the adventure. Uh, we can't wait to we can't wait to return to London with Art of the Brick DC superheroes, following the warmth of the welcome the art of the brick received in 2014. Now he goes on to talk about as a kid, I spent Saturday morning sitting on the floor playing with Lego and watching the DC super friends cartoon. Hey, that sounds familiar. Don't it? A lot. Very, very familiar. I think I might have some personal experience. (laughs) I would imagine the people in my Lego city would have superpowers and could defeat any evil nemesis, which usually meant my sister's dolls. So this new collection of artwork. Yeah. <laughs> so this new collection of artwork is a dream come true for me. It's in a honor, or it is an honor to reimagine these seminal characters and stories in a new way through my medium of choice. We are all incredibly excited. Or this is okay. This is um, Peter Van Rodden, senior vice president of global themed entertainment for Warner Brothers Consumer Products, says we are incredibly excited to continue our partnership with Nathan on this unique and fascinating global tour or global touring exhibition that combines DC icons with Lego in an immersive entertainment experience. Whether you're a comic fan, a Lego fan, or an art fan, there is something for everyone in this signature exhibit. Um, and let me make sure. Okay. Uh, Kuma is excited to be bringing Nathan Sawa's work back to the UK and many of our team were also part of the promotional team that brought the Art of the Brick 
oh, the original art of the brick here in 2014. We know the firsthand how this art or how his art inspires and engages the visitor and are looking forward to bringing the experience of the art of the brick DC superheroes to London. Now that was um, Kuma CEO, Paul Gregg. That must be the promoters. So this sounds like a phenomenal exhibit. And like I said, if it has, if it comes to America, I want to see it wherever it goes. I want to see this too. And now after we get done recording, I want to play Lego Batman again. <laughs> yeah. So um, it says that the art of the brick is located in the South bank region of London <coughs> Excuse me. Um, by the River Thames. The exhibition is in a purpose-built tent on the upper ground directly behind the National Theater and the BFI and next door to the Rambert Ballet Company. Hmm. So it looks like, yeah, it's right in the middle of all the everything to check out in London. It's located near the Coca-Cola London Eye, the Sea Life London Aquarium, and the London Dungeon. It's a short walk from Westminster Bridge from or um, over Westminster Bridge from Big Ben in the House of Parliament. So this is right in the center of everything that everybody's going to want to go see. So um, now this guy, it's going to be open from now. This is in Europe. They use twenty four hour time, but it's from ten to six on Sundays through Wednesdays. Thursdays it'll be um, ten till twenty is eight o'clock. Yeah, ten to eight, and then it's ten to seven on Fridays and Saturdays. Um, and then the last t- time you can get in is an hour before closing. Now, I don't know the exchange rate, but tickets are um, £16.50 for adults. Um, kids 4 to 16 are £11. And then three kids 4 and under are free. Now, there's a bunch of other stuff in there, concessions and families and all that stuff. But this is something that anybody who gets a chance to get over there, this is something you should check out. Um, now, did it say how long this is running? It opens on March 1st. I'm not sure how long this is actually going to be running for, so... Um, yeah, it doesn't say any, oh no. Oh, it's only one week. Yeah. I was going to say, um, you said it was at 16 pounds, 16, um, 16 pounds, 50. That's about 20 bucks. Okay. So, um, but it says here runs March 1st through the 6th. So this is a short thing, a short run or no, it says no opening week. The opening week, you can actually get tickets for 10 pounds. Oh, okay. So if that's 10 pounds, okay. So that should probably be around like seven, eight bucks. No, no, no pounds. Um, a uh, pound is worth more, so I think it's probably okay. closer to 15. 15, okay. 15 American. So that's the art of the brick. I, like oh. I said, I'm excited about this. This is something I want to see. It said it's about nine bucks. Yeah. Okay. So huh. So the, the dollar's more than the pound now. Hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm putting this literally on Google and <laughs> translating to yeah. see how much that costs. So next up, we do have the DC and the Archie uh, crossover, possibly a crossover. Um, since most of the DC shows on are on the CW with Legends, Flash, Arrow, and Supergirl now, um, Archie's Riverdale show is coming to the CW. Now, in the comic books, neither uh, publisher are shy to having crossovers. We've had Archie versus Predator, Archie meets the Ramones, Archie and Kiss, Green Lanterns the Apes, Green Lanterns and Star Trek, Batman the TMNT, Bionic Woman, Wonder Woman 77. That's actually uh, a really good series. I'm, I've actually got the first two issues of that. That's pretty good so far. They don't have this on the list, but then uh, Batman of 66 have a couple crossovers of his oh, own, yeah. too? Well, they have a couple of them on here. Batman meets Steed and Peele was Batman 66. Uh, they also okay. had one with Green Hornet. And that one, I, I haven't and read that, but I really want to I think there was one. one other one. Well, they have Batman Wonder Woman coming up right now, too. Um, but that's a crossover they, in-universe. Oh, okay. I, I need to get that Green Hornet one. That's going to be really good, just like on a TV show. Yeah, they have it out. But, of, uh, well, all of those, all the Batman 66 ones are digital first, and so is the Wonder Woman mm. 77s. So, and then when that's done, they actually put them out as trades. 
So I can get them on my phone if I need to. Or exactly. The Comicsology should have it now. Um, well, with all these other crossovers going on with DC and the books, there could be a high possibility that we they do the same on a TV show. Who's to say that Legends of Tomorrow or Flash, heck, Supergirl could cross over with Archie? Um, another one that would be probably pretty similar, since it seems like, I don't know if anybody's seen the tra- trailer, but for Riverdale... It's like a dark tone. As I was telling Ken, it reminds me of uh, the Teen Wolf show that was on MTV a couple years ago. Well, it's still running. I think they're doing their last season right now. Oh, okay. I thought they had their last season. Vicky and I need to see the uh, second half of last season and then watch this season still. Okay. Well, since it's still going, it's it's very similar to that. Um, And I was telling Ken, um, they um, had a lot of dark comics. There's been Archie where he's been a zombie. There's been Archie when he's fighting zombies as the alien versus – or Archie versus Predator. That got really violent. Um, and in their Archie franchise as of right now, they have Sabrina, the teenage witch. I don't think she's called a teenage witch. It's something else, which, um, it's very dark. It's literally her being a witch. Uh, there's a lot of death going on. So this show looks very, very dark. This could cross over with the arrow since it seems like they are dealing with realistic things and arrow not having any real superpowers or metahumans. Yeah. They could cross over. Um, but there's a possibility we don't know yet, but this is just something they're throwing out there. The, um, Archie show will come out in 2017 of next year. Yeah. And the only time DC and Archie comics has ever had a crossover was for the Tiny Titans and the little Archie and his pals. Yeah. Well, I didn't this... even know this was a thing. I knew Tiny Titans happened, but I didn't know they crossed over with Archie. Yeah. Well, this is actually um, they're not they're speculating that there could be a um, live action crossover too, but this is actually going to be a comic book. They've not announced any n- names or anything, but DC and Archie are getting ready to put out a new comic book crossover. Hmm, which would open the door for the CW shows, possibly. But they said, um, it says here, just like Wonder Woman 77 and Bionic Woman gave Andy Mangles a chance to write some Wonder Woman without DC um, saying anything about it, this may act, DC Archie could give Mark Wade a chance to get back in and write maybe a, like a Superman Archie crossover. Though I didn't know Mark Wade, is, is he not on good terms with DC right now? I didn't, I don't know. This is something we're going to have to look up. Yeah. So That would suck. They always worked so good Dude, together. Some of my favorite stuff from the 90s was Mark Wade. He's the one that got me into reading comics to start with. Looking this up right now. Um, don't see anything on an article about it. I'm going to look him up and see why he might have left. And he might just made his thing not have the same ideals no more. Yeah, he's I don't know. Boom Studios. Well, he does Boom Last Studios. He's he writing some stuff for Marvel now, too. But nothing for DC at the moment. So, hmm. But this looks like it'll be interesting. Um, like, I, like I told you earlier... I've never really read anything other than um, the only Archie I'd, I've read is the the supermarket um, ones you get the little digests and stuff, which is right. all still just bubblegum comics, basically. Yeah, um, like I said, I've been following Archie for a little bit. It's not it's not like I follow every single book I read, but I do know if there's a new Archie book coming out. And usually, as I said, you can have a volume of just a short comic book series. He's fighting Predator. Next one, he's fighting zombies. Yeah. Um, next one, he could just be living like a regular high school kid all over again. Um, but the thing that got me was with, uh, the new Archie books, this seems like he's just another teenage guy going to high school, but since they're all connected, they have the Josie and the Pussycats, um, uh, comic of right now. This came out, I want to say a month or two ago at their first issue. Yeah, I know you um, said had this, you were liking that one. Yeah, I am. There's a, there's three issues out right now and I just bought the other one. I haven't read it yet, but I plan on doing it this weekend now. Um, I plan on buying the Sabrina Comics. Uh, I want to figure out what the name of that is so I can tell you guys. Um, just past it. But anyways, uh, like I said, it was really dark. And it turns out that Veronica and Betty, they 
um, practice some witchcraft. So that's how it led them to uh, cross over in the Sabrina world. And then when you go back to Josie and the Pussycast, you might have Archie pop up just having a regular day. So they can go anywhere with these Archie books. So I think that's why the comics, you could have, hey, Batman or Superman pop up out of nowhere and just meet up with them. They might meet them at a, a coffee shop or something or a burger stand or something like that. Mm-hmm. So um, Archie, whatever you like, you can probably find in there. And he's had, uh, as I said, he's died once in the comic books, but it was for, like I said, one shot next series. He's back to life like it never happened. So um, I- I'm excited for the show. I'm excited for a crossover. Can't wait for that. I'm just very curious on what art style are we going to get? Are we going to get the new Archie or are we going to get the old Archie like you said you're used to? Yeah. We could get an old uh, uh, golden DC. Oh, that would be really good if we could get the old uh, the golden age. Golden or not age. golden, but um, yeah. like probably silver or bronze age. Bronze age seventies would be cool. Okay, I would like to see golden age though. When did when did Archie actually come out? I don't what know. I have that? no idea. If it did come out around the fifties, they could definitely do a golden age. Uh, well, the fifties was the transfer characters. over to the silver. <laughs> oh man, it so, was. I thought that was the sixties. Yeah, no, silver age starts in the fifties. Um, with um, yeah. a lot of times, uh, I think a lot of people register the golden age, or the silver age starting with um, Barry Allen's Flash and right. um, and Hal Jordan. And Hal Jordan is Green Lantern started the Silver Age, and those were both <laughs> yeah. mid fifties. I think I'm thinking. Okay, um, well Archie, he his uh the company came about in 1939, so okay, yeah, they definitely uh both date back to the 40s. And I just went on Archie's uh, website now, and the first thing pops up is, look at your first look at Riverdale. Mm-hmm. Oh, the CW. And that, that looks okay. weird to me, but that's just... And the premiere date for this is Thursday, January 26th at 9 p.m. And since yes. we do have the CW, the, uh, CW seed, I am, I'm watching this yeah. next day. But we oh, have... Wait a minute. Um, what? what? Question, Ken. This comes out on Thursday. Yes. Well, remember, Legends. You said that Legends, Legends is moving yeah. to um, moving to night. Tuesdays, right behind oh, Flash. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Arrow. So, okay. no, it's All Flash right. so and is, Flash is... and Legends. Okay. So Arrow's this probably is where uh, the, the the spot that they filled up. Well, right now they have um, Legends and Supernatural. So is Supernatural moving forward to the eight o'clock spot. And then we're gonna get Archie after that. That would make sense. Is that the, the way, way they're doing this, this or how they, looks, what are they doing? Or they might just, mm-hmm, we'll see. But we do know that uh, this is going to take over a spot from uh, Legends that night. Yeah. So, well, no, Legends usually runs at 8 o'clock, so right. we'll see. Well, I'm saying if they're, they're going to have this on uh, Thursday and uh, Legends won't be Supernatural, as you said, probably will get bumped up because if this is going to be there, Supernatural is not going to be in a 9 o'clock spot, so something's going to have to be switched around. Yeah. So, but um, saying in crossovers, crossover land, this is actually all in universe. It actually it's crossing universes within the company. The um, Hanna Barbera Beyond the line now is actually announced with their um, their annuals are coming out on March 29th. Um, now remember, Hanna Barbera Beyond has Wacky Raceland, the Flintstones, Future Quest, and Scooby Doo Apocalypse. Now mm-hmm. for me, two of them have been hits. Two um, Flintstones were a miss for me personally. A lot of people mm-hmm. are loving Flintstones. What's going on with it? It's just it doesn't I work for me. I don't hate it, but I'm not gonna say it's my favorite one. Um, I haven't gotten the last two issues, but uh, I, I didn't. I didn't like. So I didn't hate their stuff. It's different. But the reason why I do like it, if I watch the old cartoons, the what's going on then is definitely being shown out through the series, and definitely what's going on now in America is definitely being shown in the new comics. So yeah. I can see why people are liking it. It's a funny, uh, lighter tone to it. It's not a serious one. We're getting pretty serious with Scooby-Doo Apocalypse, Wacky Raceland, 
Now, and, are you uh, still reading Apocalypse? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So you're uh, still liking it. So it looks like issue. three this out is, of the four um, is what we're coming out of this. I, for me, it's two out of the four, but just because I've not read Scooby Doo. Uh, Wacky Raceland number one for me. Uh, oh oh yeah, really? It got really, really I'm weird. It, I think they're so, I think they're wrapping up the series. It looks like, but lo- it but, looks like they are. So, um, so because what just happened in it, I did not like the conclusion. So because of that, yeah, it kind of got because there is down. no well, there is no um. They have a couple of annuals of books that are not out yet at all in this. Now we're going to talk about this in a minute, but oh, so Wacky Raceland that, uh, is not getting an annual, and Scooby Doo Apocalypse does not get an annual. And that that bothers me about Scooby Doo. Um, if they I, yeah. were to stop I, making Wacky Raceland the way they did the story, it could be maybe like a ten or nine issue. Thing. Yeah, this looks like uh, it, it looks like Wacky Raceland from what they've been doing in it. It is a, the, they're ending their run. They've finished the story the way they wanted to tell it. it. They might, because it's getting it's getting to the end. But with Scooby Apocalypse, it seems like we're gonna still have a lot of story. So I'm hoping they do not cancel that. Okay. It's, um, well, what's that weird would is suck at right and, at now at this point in the story. Well, you've been reading Wacky Raceland also, right? Right. Does it seem like some of the stuff in there sounds like it maybe crossover stuff from Scooby Doo Apocalypse also? Oh, they've had Easter eggs from Scooby Doo. Um, That's what I'm actually, wondering is is Scooby Doo and Wacky Raceland in the same universe? Um, with the, not, they, with, well, you look at Muttley and all the and all the stuff they talk about the smart dogs in um, Wacky Raceland, right. and did then you look know at that, what they're um, doing with Scooby Doo? Well, there was a little Easter egg in there. They called what happened to Muttley the Scooby. Yes, that's the uh, one that I caught. Something, and I was like, wait a minute, and that's when I saw that. I was like, could this? Could they have taken this from previously, or was there Apocalypse before? I don't know. And, I don't. I don't know. Um, but yeah, with. Since I'm guessing you've read that issue, you've seen how the way they're ending the Wacky Raceland. You yes. can definitely tell it is coming to end. It's not like they're going to cut it off. They're uh, getting to that point. But with Scooby-Doo Apocalypse, I'm liking what they're doing. Before, like I said, about two issues, it didn't remind me of anything I was used to at all. The personalities were just wrong. So I said, if this next issue doesn't fix that, I don't know if I would still continue to read it. Well, with our last issue, we just got it. We got uh, Velma and um, Shaggy and Scooby working together, splitting up doing their thing. You get Velma and uh, Fred doing their thing. It felt like the old series. And you also had a monster that was in the uh, comic doing something pretty bad, but you still felt like it was something new and old at the same time. Um, and, it, and like I said, they're in the middle of it. We still don't know what exactly Scrappy-Doo plans are for Scooby, his uncle. So yeah, if they so, if they end it in like the next two months, it would be kind of a, a abrupt ending. You, we needed more story. This is at least another 10 issues to go on. But they just finished their first volume, and they're starting with their second one. Oh, okay. So that's what I'm saying. I doubt they're going to end it yet. Um, this one seems like it's going on pretty well. Where Wacky Raceland, I can't say the same for. Yeah. Hanna-Barbera is doing their, doing four annuals this year, or this year coming up. They're doing um, – the first one's interesting. It's actually – and like I said, they're doing this in-universe somewhat. It's a DC Hanna-Barbera crossovers instead of multiple companies. The first one they have – now, have you been reading Future Quest? Um, I haven't read the last – Last one, last two issues. It's getting a lot better the farther they go into this and they start tying everybody together and stuff. From these covers, it seems like it. Oh, yeah. Well, this next one, the annual, is going to be Adam Strange Future Quest Annual Number 1. Now, something that they're doing, in the all four of these are getting a backup story also that's actually showing stuff coming to um, Hanna-Barbera Beyond, a, a look at future series. So the Adam uh, – if I could talk, it would be nice. The <laughs> Adam Strange Future Quest Annual Number 1 is written by Mark Andreco and Jeff Parker. Art is done by Steve Lieber. But the backup story is Top Cat, written by Dan DiDio. Hmm. 
and art by Phil Winslate or Winslate. It says, um, now for the Adam Strange part of it, following the events of Death of Hawkman, so this is actually in universe with the Death of Hawkman series. Adam Strange, and remember, uh, have you been reading Death of Hawkman? Yeah. Another awesome series, and that is in the Rebirth universe. So um, it says, following the events of Death of Hawkman, Adam Strange is blasted through multiple dimensions, only to land on Earth. Uh, but instead of superpowered beings and legendary crime fighters, he encounters a boy adventurer and his science scientist father. And they're the only ones who can help him return home. Johnny Quest, Haji, Dr. Benton Quest, and Race Bannon have a plan, but it's going to involve a dangerous trek through Dino Boy's Lost Valley of Prehistoric Threats. So this is definitely in the um, Future Quest story, or universe, because you've got um, Dino Boy here also. Hmm. And then the backup story on this one is, like we said, it's Top Cat. Now, did you ever watch Top Cat? Yes, I did. Well, anybody who doesn't know, Top Cat is one that it's a little deeper into um, – some of these get even really deep into Hanna-Barbera. But Top Cat was – he basically led a gang of other cats, and they're all alley cats. Alley cats. And mm-hmm. um, just living in an alley somewhere. The cops are always trying to find him. They're always pulling heists and stuff. So, But it says – Just trying to get by was all. That's right. But in the backup feature starring Top Cat, breaking out of prison is, a challenge, is challenging enough for an anthropomorphic cat. But what ha- what happens when it means stumbling through a cosmic portal to a planet to the planet Earth, right into the hands of Batman? Uh oh. So it looks like these are gonna have some of these are gonna be crossovers also. Now the next annual is actually the Flintstones annual. It's Booster Gold Flintstones annual number one. So we get a guy from the future meets the people from the past. People from the past. Yeah. This is that written, sounds really interesting. It's written by Mark Russell, art by Rick Leonardi, and Scott Hanna. Now, the backup feature in this one is the Jetsons that we've been looking forward to. And this is written by Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti that have been doing awesome stuff over with Harley. And the art is done by Piero Brito. Now, it says, Welcome to the 25th century, where the Earth is polluted, is a polluted post-industrial nightmare. Most animals are extinct, and reptilian aliens are invading cities across the planet. In their time of need, the world's citizens turn to a time to the time-traveling Booster Gold to save the day. To learn why these aliens are attacking Earth, Booster dives deep into the prehistoric past to see what happened when they first came to Earth. In this bygone era, Fred and Bar- Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble must help Booster learn the truth and re- and return to his own time, armed with the information that will bring down the invaders. If Booster can, if Booster can convince them to help him out, so. It's going to be interesting, like I said, seeing the man from the future working with the people from the past. The way Mm. past. Oh, yeah. Prehistoric. And then we got the backup story where Harley Quinn's Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti put a new twist on an old, uh, put a new twist on an old twist about our future in the Jetsons. The Jetsons live in a world of robotics and gadgetry, but how does, how does dying change when, or how does dying change when grandma's brain can be digitally implanted into the house cleaning robot? So hmm. next one up is actually one that we don't have a book for right now, but it's Green Lantern Space Ghost Annual Number One. Oh, yeah. This one's by James Taney IV and Chris Sabella and art by Ariel Olivetti. And the backup feature is one that a lot of people are not going to would not have heard about. But if you know comic book history, you'll know the um, the writer on this. The backup feature in this is Rough and Ready, which were two of Hanna-Barbera's earliest animated animals. Um when they when Hanna Barbera actually started as their own company, now the story and art is done by Howard Chaikin. Now, do you recognize that name? Uh no, I can't say. 
Howard Chaykin was the man who developed and did a lot of the work on the um, original Star Wars series for Marvel. Mm, okay. He's the one that brought Star Wars to um, onto the pages. Hmm. Good for him. Now, <laughs> did for good the, for that. For the Green Lantern Space Ghost story, trapped in a strange rift in time, Green Lantern and Space Ghost are forced to battle a variety of foes and each other. And even if they manage to survive, they will be thrown into a world with no concept of interstellar travel, or even what an alien is. Stripped of their weapons by a xenophobic culture, the duo will have to battle to regain or will have to battle to regain them. But what happens when Space Ghost dons the lantern ring and Hal Jordan puts on the power bands? Whoa, mind blown. Uh-huh. Well, then it says the the backup story is the iconic writer Howard Chaykin puts a modern spin on one of Hanna-Barbera's earliest animated animal teams. Rough and Ready were once the toast of nightclubs, or nightclubs, variety shows, um, late night chat fest, and Broadway. Learn how they became the comedic duo of yesterday before they hit rock bottom today. And then the last one they're doing is another one that doesn't have a series at the moment, but it's Suicide Squad Banana Splits Annual Number One. They're bringing bananas. I haven't heard of Banana Splits in a long time. Oh yeah, this one was cool because I think there was cartoons on it too, wasn't there? Oh yeah. The the main part of the show was. Mm, I don't know. I remember seeing just the live action. Well, anybody who's a furry fan, you need to look up the Banana Splits. It was four furries, furry animals running around doing strange things. And it was a staple for Hanna Barbera for years. Yeah, uh, just from just seeing the reruns on Hanna on Hanna Barbera on um, Boomerang, it seemed like they had so many different episodes. They had to be a pretty big, well-known name back then. Mm-hmm. Well, this one's written by Tony um, Bedard, and art is by Ben Caldwell. Now, uh, the backup feature in this is Snagglepuss, uh, written by That's... Mark Russell, and art by Dale. Ingsham. Now, Snagglepuss was always, he was this pink cat that was like a, a theater actor almost, is the way they did, the way that he was portrayed. Oh, yes. Snagglepuss. Yes. Exit stage right. <laughs> well, the in the Suicide Squad splits, it's the, um, the Suicide Splits pairs up Saturday morning's animal rock band with Amanda Waller's Task Force X, the dirtiest players in the game. Um, mistaken for metahumans and thrown into the bowels of Bell Rev <laughs> Penitentiary, the Banana Splits oh, are no. recruited by Amanda Waller for a secret mission. They don't belong Save there. the Suicide Squad. That's their mission. What follows is quite possibly the weirdest team-up ever. How will Fliego, Dingle, Drooper, and Snorky stand up against Harley, Deadshot, Katana, and Killer Croc? And then in the backup story with Snagglepuss, this is interesting because it's, it's a twist. Once again, it's a twist on your character. Mark Russell brings this hilarious satirical style, or his hilarious satirical style, to this backup feature, where Snagglepuss is is a gothic or southern gothic playwright, working with an ensemble cast of cultural figures, exploring an intensely creative time in New York City theater scene in the 1950s. You went too far into that for me. <laughs> <laughs> that that that's exit stage left. <laughs> yes, that's going to be interesting. Oh, geez, that's they they're going to go deep in on him. Okay, uh-huh. so. And then we have one last story that's actually going to be a couple of stories, and it's a little bit of a downer, but we got the reviews oh, I, coming up. Yeah, I just want to say one thing about the crossovers. They're also having the uh, My Morphin Power Engine Justice League 2. Yes, that's still coming up. Uh, next year. We got a bunch so. of them coming up because um, oh, yeah. we have, um, they said Green Lantern and Star Trek has already happened, but we have Volume 2 of that coming. We have the Planet of the Apes Green Lantern that we've talked about already. We mm-hmm. have Power Rangers and, um, and Justice League. And Justice League. We are going to have the Archie DC crossover at some point. Hmm. So everybody's crossing over and going everywhere. So 
So but, I, I like that about DC. You can kind of get a uh, get another comic book publisher or just another cartoon from uh, Hanna Barbera uh-huh. line to come in there. That's going to be awesome. It seems Can't like they're wait. at this point they're willing to work with just about anybody except Marvel. Mar, I was going to say that. That has I, happened I, before though. Yeah, um, that's that's what they put in the article too. It seems like no, they haven't been able to work with Marvel for years. They'll work for anyone else, but no Marvel. Yeah. Well, at some point, we're gonna have to have our own crossover with Mighty Marvel Geeks and Talk Amalgam. Which I gotta let you borrow those comics anyway, because I don't think you've ever read any of those, have you? Nope. The the miniseries was DC versus Marvel, and it spawned the Amalgam universe for a couple of months. Like I said, I have some books with uh, it was like Dark Dark Claw. Dark was Claw like a was Wolverine. one of them. Um, Spider uh, Boy. I got the. I don't have that one. I have the. I only had two. I had the Dark Claw one and the Wonder Woman Storm, which is really weird. I, yeah. I don't think Storm was a good fit. I think maybe a Wonder Woman. Miss I think that Marvel. one was just I called like um, Amazon. That. Okay. But um, no, Spider Boy was Spider Man and Superboy, the clone Superboy. Yeah, I hear you talking about that the nineties uh, looking Superboy. Yeah. So, but the next story is actually kind of a downer, and it's got two different ones because the first story is um, DC abruptly cancels the Legend of Wonder Woman digital series. Before the story, the, it's actually done, and no one no one knows why at this point. Even the um, the writer and artist, um, she said that as far as she knows, the trade just came out for it, and it's actually doing pretty well. So no one knows why this got canceled or what happened, but um, this is also done right after for some reason. Um, I know everybody's probably heard this. We're not going to touch on it much because it's going to get all political, and I don't like. I, well, I'm going to keep that away. But the UN yeah. has removed Wonder Woman as an honorary ambassador. Sadly. So, but, um, in the article here, um, did you, was there anything you wanted to pull out of this article real quick? Um, no, I, not really. I don't want to go too deep into this. So, uh, yeah. like I said, this was bad news that got canceled. Anything like this one day, I uh, don't want to keep well, writing. It's kind of like, oh, a couple of things. Um, Renee DeLiz was actually the writer and artist for it. Um, according to her, it says, I'm, I'm sad to announce the, um, she announced on Twitter that um, I'm sad to announce that the Legend of Wonder Woman Part 2 has been canceled. I'm surprised and devastated I won't be able to finish the project. Um, she also added, I'm very grateful to DC for the opportunity to work with such an iconic character over the last few years um, that was a joy like none other. Now, this is a critically acclaimed comic. People were loving this, and they said a lot of people were saying how this was a um, perfect jumping-on point if you didn't know Wonder Woman to start with. There was a um, very accessible, easy way to learn the origin story and everything like that. So I've not got, I've never actually read it. Um, I may have to go back and get the trade and try it and check it out. Nope. So, but that's that was canceled. And the UN, um, basically, the thing of the story was there was forty five thousand signatures on a petition saying that Wonder Woman they did not see Wonder Woman as a um, good role model for young girls because of the way basically the way she dresses. She's too overly sexualized in the way she's drawn. Uh, I don't. For me, that's wait a minute. Obviously, these people don't know the character of Wonder Woman. Yeah. And then um, you were even saying how um, if you look, Wonder Woman's not. It doesn't stop there. If you want to look, if you want to say overly sexualized. How many of the male characters are so yeah. overly buffed up with muscles, and then they take their shirt off, and everybody's like, "Oh, that's just normal." Yeah, it's like, "Oh, that's just a guy taking his shirt off, and he's got all these muscles." They they literally do them both the same way. They they draw the men as they said to be these men other men can look up to and they draw the women to be these other women women can look up to so they never made it where they just want to say hey look at look at their skin look how over sexualized we're making them 
exactly. they never wanted to do that. It was always just to kind of show, hey, if you want to become something you're not, look at these superheroes. They put in the dedication, so can you. Exactly. But, you know. So that's I think that's all I want to touch on on that so we don't get too deep down that rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> get ourselves <laughs> in trouble up. somehow. <laughs> but uh, but we, we, do we, have we do have a couple comic books reviews we got, from the from December 7th. There was actually some <laughs> there were some good books, but other ones are it seemed like another week of just so, moving ahead. Yeah, there wasn't too there was nothing big that happened. Nothing for a big event. There was a lot of stuff Very that happened for the story itself to carry on, but nothing that really uh, popped out like when we uh, did the Batman I Am Suicide Part 1 where we got to see uh, Saturn Girl. Yeah. Um, we, we have anything really to come back to the rebirth issue. Uh, I'm but pretty sure we might get that. I, it's almost like every last week and this week, it's almost the calm before the storm knowing that we got yeah. JLA Suicide Squad coming up. Coming up and then we, we got, got next year we have a Justice huge League. amount of things. Um, mm. We've got a bunch of new books coming next year. So it looks like basically they're winding down the first, the first volumes of um, Rebirth. And that's great. Good planning. Stretch this thing out to keep readers interested. If I can keep buying these books, and it's the big thing about was Rebirth, but we haven't really got anything that touched on the whole reason why Rebirth is, this is going to keep going on for years before yeah. we figure out what's going on. They're just going to give us a good story with each character. Well, so you got to remember, going into next year, we have, um, in direct currents here, remember we have a brand new Batwoman series. Um, I'm just looking down the list in, in direct currents here. Um, we'll have Justice League and Justice League of America. Um, Red Hood, Robin, Super, or Super, what they call it, Super Sons is coming next month, or next year. So we've got, everything's going to get advanced once we go. It's just a matter of getting into Phase 2. Mm. Obviously, they're not calling it that, but. No, but we're, that, that's what they're leading at. Yeah. So, but. Um, and I was going to say, uh, there's been a DC All Access about all the good things about Rebirth. Um, as I said, they, they sold out this year, so. Yeah. Um, and they're just continuing on, and we're still having a lot of different changes um, with what they're trying to figure out what's going to be put out each week. That means they're putting out a lot of good stories. they got to take their time and uh, get these things together, which we've been loving so far, so long as they keep it up. Mm -hmm. So, But starting off our Rebirth reviews for um, December 7th, we have um, Superman number 12. Now remember, this is Super Monster Part 1. This is the when um, Frankenstein comes to Superman. Oh, this is a good book. Did you ever read Frankenstein and the Agents of Shade, or whatever it was called? Uh, no. The only thing I do know about Frankenstein was the I Frankenstein, and uh, he was part of the um, Dark Justice League. Okay. But we start off with um, Lois Lane. Looks like she's interviewing in Hamilton County um, for, a, uh, for a position at the local newspaper, which is strange since she just came back to um, – she just came back to – the Daily Planet in Action Comics. But later on, you see why possibly here. She may have actually known this was going on. So she's interviewing with the with the um, editor. They're talking about her first assignment, and Frankenstein comes crashing through the wall. And um, he's looking for an outcast. I finally found you. And uh, Lois and the editor have no idea who she's talking about. And he starts attacking this editor. Um, as he does, Lois is helping fight back. They're, um, they get away from Frankenstein. They go, he's still talking about how um, he um, gets Lois, pins her up against the wall, and re realizes, wait a minute, you're just an innocent human. Stay out of the way. And the other lady's still saying, I have no idea what's going on. I didn't do anything. What's going on? And then telling him he's confused. You have no idea what you're talking about. And then um, he's talking about how you've put on a play, and now your time has come to finally draw the curtain on the play. Um, then Lois pulls this gauntlet out of her bag that she got in, back in Superman number five, uses it to um, attack uh, 
uh, Frankenstein and knock and knock him out. So they're able to get outside the building and actually grab his ship. He has some kind of flying hovercraft. So they fly away, but as they do, he jumps up and grabs the back of the hovercraft and is going with them. But as they're flying, all of a sudden, Frankenstein comes face to face with Superman. So they start going at it. Um, Superman tells the ladies to take off, um, get away, and um, they end up landing in a farmer's field. Hawk or um, and this was, Frankenstein and Superman. And this was funny, uh, the farmer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so they're fighting back and forth. He's saying, wait a minute, um, I didn't hit you as hard as I could, is what Superman says. He says, well, thanks for that tidbit. <laughs> Um, now he's saying, Hey, I need you to, now. You need to explain why are you smashing through the town like a wrecking ball? Um, then he's still saying Frankenstein the whole time, just saying, well, just get out of my way. Let me do my job. Yeah. So I believe he's um, still working for shade. Yeah. I just seeing all this remind me. We just saw annual him fight a monster character. Uh, swamp yeah. <laughs> so now, like, huh. In here, I gotta go back. Cause I believe he mentions shade in here. And then said, then it tells you who, what it means. Cause shade actually is an anagram. That means. See if I can find it. Yeah. The superhuman advanced defense executive. So whatever that is, <laughs> this was obviously a, a pre rebirth um, thing. Mm-hmm. So this still exists. It's still around. And that's the, I, I was hoping it would, cause that was one of the few things like I said, some characters with uh, DC did benefit off the new 52 and uh swamp, not swamp. I'm sorry. Uh, Frankenstein was one of them. Yeah. Well, this is when he um he's fighting Superman. He picks up a tractor to smash to smash Superman. And says, "Every second you slow me down is a second that this outcast is able to is still free." So as he um goes to smash Superman, he gets blasted with a shotgun in the chest. Turn around, it's the farmer who owns the field. Is telling him to leave him alone and get off my land. So the uh, farmer shoots him again as as Frankenstein comes after him, and obviously it's not working. <laughs> Yeah, so this old farmer, so. Frankenstein, grabs the shotgun and just kind of tosses it across the field. Um, and then um, the, the the farmer tells him, you're pretty persistent. And Frankenstein says, so are you. As Superman turns him around and smashes him across the county. So we go back to the two of them fighting. Um, and as they're fighting, Frankenstein's ship returns and levels Superman. So it looks like Frankenstein's still in somewhat in control of this. He grabs the editor out of the back of the hovercraft, and as soon as he does, he grabs her by the neck and rips her face off. And you find out that she was some kind of a demon in hiding. Someone named Krug. He says, the only cold-blooded murderer here is you. Yeah, that, I I don't know why he kept saying, I know uh, Frankenstein wasn't a bad guy. So every time he kept saying, I'm trying to come in here and get her, and they're like, hey, you're a monster, you're just going to attack her. I'm like, no, he's not, he's not like that. He's not a bad guy. So when Sue made him start fire, I'm like, Something's going on. They're going to have to get to even ground and uh, figure out who's the real bad guy here. But knew uh, Frankenstein was there to do a good thing. Yeah. So So then we have the next issue is Here Comes the Bride. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to that in our pool list. Uh-huh. So the next one up is one you wanted to do. And we have Batman number 12. Yeah. There Now, guys, there wasn't a lot really. There was no progress in this story actually at all. But it gave a little bit to uh, Batman's backstory. The reason why he picked out Selena Kyle for this mission was because he saw a lot of her, uh, a lot of him in her, and he went back to the night of him and his parents in the theater, and the story that he was touching on kind of got me a little bit. Um, he was, uh, you know, everybody knows he's walking down the alley, and as this is going on, by the way, he's beating up all the people that are at this uh, penitentiary, and he's going through them, but this was before... Yeah, he's still in Santa Prisca. Remember that he's in Santa Prisca, um trying to get to Bane so he can get a whole he can get a psycho pirate to go back and fix Gotham Girl. Right. 
Um, and that's why I am suicide because it's like a suicide mission. <laughs> well, that and he had his own uh, version of the suicide squad that he it? took with him. Right. Um, we've lost a couple <laughs> so far. Yeah. But um, as he's going through, this is kind of like a little prequel, uh, saying what he was thinking before he went in and find found Bane. Um, he was just going through the whole uh night when his parents died and when he was uh. With them walking down the alley and Joe Chill shot them, Batman said he was alone. He had nobody. He felt like dying. He felt like he just lost everything he ever lived for. And one of the things that got me, he said uh, his father had a razor on him. He picked up the razor and was getting ready to cut his wrist until he figured out he needs to avenge his parents' death. He has to fight for them. He has to become the Batman, so therefore no one else in the city will have to live like what he had to do as a young boy. And they also changed his up. I thought he was 8 years old, but in this book they're saying he was 10 when this happened. It could have been either way. Um, and through time, the story it, changes a little. Yeah, I was say, when they've done that back and forth, they switched his ages around a couple times. But um, he, then he was saying how Selena Kyle says she's killed those uh, 235 people all for the greater good, uh, for vengeance. But Batman's saying that wasn't for vengeance, that was for revenge. Uh, you wanted to do that. There was some dark in you. And um, now he's trying to get to the Psycho Pirate. And that's, <laughs> that's really it. It's like I said, it just gave us a little bit of a deeper backstory into Batman that I didn't know about. Um, but now in the next issue, we're going to see the land, the last uh, stand of Batman. So I'm going to figure out he's probably going to get Psycho Pirate to reverse it. I don't know what's going to happen to Bane. I don't know what's going to happen to Catwoman. Uh, from what we're seeing right now, Catwoman is working now with Bane. Yeah, remember that the end of the last, there. the end of the last issue, she um, yeah, joined she Bane. Killed, uh, yeah, she killed. Um, oh crap, where are they? Named? They look like the jesters. Uh, yes. Shoot, I, I can't. Me and you didn't really know about them until uh, this whole thing started up. But anyway, she kills them. Um, but we still do have the ventriloquist alive. I wonder if there's a big plan going on with this right now. Um, I gotta get the other issue. Was Catwoman actually speaking? Did they ever show that? Was she in the shadows? That could have been when? maybe him throwing his voice. Uh, when Selena says she's gonna join Bane, I don't know what's going on. We'll figure it out. I didn't know maybe if he's throwing his voice for Catwoman. Maybe she's not saying all this. I, I don't know I don't what's know. going on, but we'll we'll figure this out in the next issue. Um, but yeah, guys, like I said, not a lot happened. This just gave a big, uh, bigger uh, inside look on Batman's past and why he's doing what he is doing. And next uh, issue, we'll get to see if he takes down Bane or not. Exactly. So the next one on our list is Nightwing number ten, and he is walking right into Bloodhaven. Oh yeah. The the nice thing is. This is Bloodhaven is where I actually knew Nightwing more from because when I was reading Nightwing, it was actually the beginning of his first series in the nineties, not with the Titans or anything else. I mean, I knew I knew of him from the Titans. I knew Dick Grayson, but this was the first time I actually got to know Nightwing. I didn't come into knowing about him in Bloodhaven until like the early two thousands for me. Yeah, well, this start this starts off with um, the rest of the Bat family: Batman, Batgirl, and um, Robin in um, in Gotham. I think they're in Gotham. <laughs> And they're just um, talking about Dick and what's happened to him. And we get a little bit of a deeper uh, exactly. we find relationship out. with what happened with him and Barbara. Well, remember <laughs> that um, last time that they saw each other was in Russia, I believe. And she told him basically where to stick it. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, I, I wonder, <laughs> how's Dick going? He hasn't <laughs> called me or anything. And then Robin's like, well, it kind of didn't give him the best uh, the best uh, words to say when you last saw him. As you said, basically told him where to shove it. So, you know, didn't feel there was a need to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, the way she, the way um, he says it is the way Dick described it. She told him to go to hell. And then mm-hmm. he says, well, he didn't quite go that far south. No, he went to Bloodhaven, though. <laughs> Which is south of Gotham, but it's not. 
So then they're in Goth, they're in Blue Haven. They're finding out um, there's this guy talking about um, Blue Haven right now is trying. Now, if anybody doesn't know, Bloodhaven actually is worse than Gotham when it comes to crime. Yeah, yeah. You, this place you. is teeming with crime, but they don't have their own hero. They're such a small, such a small town that um, corruption just it keeps doesn't going jump on. on it's yeah, spreading. it's not on anybody's radar. Mm-mm. So um, I was a uh, real quick side note. I was playing Batman Arkham Knight, or not Arkham Knight. I'm sorry, Arkham City, and um, there's this one uh, goon talking about, "Hey, I'm gonna leave out of uh, Gotham's thinking city and go to Bloodhaven. I'll rather take my chances there." I was thinking to myself, "Good luck, buddy. Exactly. <laughs> See how long you last there." Well, it looks like uh, Bloodhaven's been trying to clean up. So the police have been trying to clean it up, but what it is is they're cleaning up the boardwalk area because that's where all the tourists are coming in. They need the money. So they're keeping that as clean as they can so the rest of the city is fair game for the re- for crime. So we got this guy in an import-export uh, building talking about how um, Bloodhaven is um, – everybody's selling it as a family-friendly location, which is great because the boardwalks are family-friendly and we can still do whatever we want everywhere else. So um, he hears there's actually a um, – a knock on the back door. He's like, well, hang on, because he's on the phone. He says, that's got to be the delivery boy with dinner. So he looks around. There's nobody out back. And then he gets yanked out the door. And that's it. Next up, we go to the the Haven Community Center. And we see Dick Grayson is interviewing for a job at the Bloodhaven Community Center, a volunteer position as, uh, where'd it go? He wants basically just to be working with the kids. I think it's a director or something like that. Um so basically, he's decided he's going to go to Bloodhaven to learn who he is without the mask, to actually build up who is Dick Grayson now. So he lands the job with the um, with the director lady, and um, she thanks, and she he can um, and her name's um, Mrs. Tang or Sang, and they get interrupted by actually one of the um, city oversight men. He's the city budget analyst for the for their community center. So um, and they they offer to let or to take. Dick out after they're done here to get some drinks and stuff and learn about Bloodhaven. And he um, turns him down and says, no, I have to um, start open my apartment and um, start putting everything out and start unpacking. But after Dick leaves, you find out um, the two of them start talking and said, um, I think they need to wear the costumes tonight. Um, she says they're not ready. So something is going on with these two people that we don't know about. Then we get to Dick, and Dick has given a little bit of background of who he is, what he's been doing, what he's been doing with um, Bruce, how he needs to figure out who he is by himself. So he's staying in to actually remember some of the stuff from when he was a kid that he's not got to. So they show at 8.31, he's reading Robin Hood. Then he sits down to watch some TV, watches Robin Hood Rebirth, um, has basically emptied the um, fridge and is vegging out on TV still, and now it's only been nine minutes at 8.40. So then we switch to the wrong. mayor's office, and the mayor's talking to the publicity people for Bloodhaven, telling them, hey, the tourist board, um, the, these people are the tourist tourism board. They're selling the, um, they're going to be selling the casinos, um, or, wait a minute. He's asking them, what are you going to be selling if the casinos leave the town because of crime and stuff? Um, and that's because the tourism board is showing people pictures of whale watching and things like that. He says, there's no whales coming this close to town. Um, they're like, but the billboard campaign, um, is extremely well, or has been received extremely well on social media. Um, (laughs) and he says, I don't care. The problem with, is that the tourists are, are not convinced that they can feel safe here still. Um, and the problem is they don't have their own type of hero to try to take this down. Um, all right. And if they don't feel safe, they aren't going to bring their wallets to the um, new casino 
either, and um, or uh, um, so it's either you turn this around, or he allocates all of their budget to the police department. And then as he does, sees that two helicopters go flying by. <laughs> so he says, "Bring me the tour, bring me tourists, or you're fired." And then um, to hear the sirens going off, you see the uh, helicopter go flying by. Dick hears the same thing. He sees the helicopter. Says, "Ah, well, now that I figured out who Dick Grayson is for the last ten minutes." I think it's time to go play Nightwing again. And he goes taking it off across the city. And he's fly- swinging through, just talking about um, what's going on. He's got Domino. Oh, he's got a Domino mask police scanner, which is funny because if you see his Domino mask, it's pretty small, and he's got a police scanner built in. So he's listening to um, the what's going on, um, and he lands on the rooftop and gets attacked by a giant gorilla. Yeah, this is when I start thinking, I've seen this happen somewhere before. Well, remember is, DC Comics? Uh, they kind of did something similar like that in the anime series. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember Nightwing that. Nightwing uh, had his little encounter with the ape, ah, the gorilla. Okay. So, it was, it was uh, some well, similarities this is, here in this book. This is um, not Gorilla Grodd. It's actually one of the other gorillas Ooh. from Gorilla City. Um, let's see. They, gorilla Grimm. And um, Nightwing catches him, and it takes him down and uh, ties him up. And then um, Grimm is like, hey, I didn't do it. I didn't do anything. Um, they, you got nothing on me, Nightwing. And he's like, um, then he says he's serious. He's innocent. He's been trying to stay clean. That's why he actually came to Bloodhaven. And then the police show up and tell him, "Thanks for your assistance, citizen. We've got it. We've got him from here. Carry on." Now, the and the police tell try to tell him in the nicest way possible that, "Hey, this isn't Gotham. We don't need superheroes here. Move on." Then you're moving on through the story. Um, Grim starts to break free, or um, Grim is still yelling, "Hey, I didn't do it." Um, everybody's saying, "Take him to the ground." And he says, um, "Ask Sean." She knows, talk to Sean Sang, which is his new boss. As he does that, um, the police hit him with uh, um, stun sticks and knock him out. So whatever's going on, it looks like it's tied to Dick Grayson's new boss. Then uh, hmm. at the tourism board, you see the lady watching, and she's like, all of a sudden, wait a minute, now I see what we have for our tourists. As she's looking at the news and sees Nightwing on the news, like, wait a minute, I know why people are going to come to the town. Um, so he gets back, as Nightwing, he goes back to the community center and goes in and f- finds um, Sean, but she's in a costume with a big D on it. Turns around and says, Nightwing, and here she's someone called Defacer, which I don't know this character. I don't know I'm going to have to go is. back and look for her. But it looks like his new boss is also a costume to either Vigilante or uh, Villain, one or the other. And that's the end of the episode, or end of this one. And we get to learn the same time you guys do who Defacer is, because the next issue is who is Defacer. We will find out. Then we got one more book for review this week, and that is Green Lanterns number twelve. We get to learn yeah. more about the Phantom Lantern. Yeah, this thing is getting more crazier and crazier as it goes by. Yeah, I, I like what they said at the beginning. This all the rings tie in together, and this is why the Phantom Ring is so dangerous. They start off with uh, Will giving uh, birth to hope, hope turning to compassion, avarice interrupting into fear. Love uh, deceiving into rage. All of these uh, emotion spectrums are what's the, causing the problem with the Phantom Ring. And if you don't take care of it and figure out how to control it, you will turn into what's going on right now with Lemsky. Um, right now, he's this starts off, he's saying, mine, mine, mine. So, of course, he's got the uh, the power of the orange ring of greed. And the Green Lanterns are trying to stop him. Oh, he's in- oh wait, wait, wait. 
There's an Easter mm-hmm. egg in this, um, two Easter eggs Super in this Girl? page with, um, you see the Supergirl on top, but look at the doll that's on the ground, the Wonder Woman doll, and can you see, recognize what Wonder Woman that is? That's the um, DC That's Super a DC Girl. Superhero Girls Superhe- doll. Superhero Girls. So, yep. the to- so the Superhero Girls toys are in the um, DC Universe. That's, that's the Harley funny. from Superhero like Girls. That. Also. Yeah, they got Harley Quinn and uh, Supergirl, but Wonder Woman's the only one that's spun the DC uh, Superhero Girls. That's funny. Well, no, the Harley one is the Superhero Girls version also. Is it? looks a little yeah. different. Okay. Uh, Supergirl probably is too then. So I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but... <laughs> oh, you're fine. I, I didn't pay attention to that. I seen the toys. So I was like, eh, it's toys. Um, but so as they go in to uh, try to stop him, he flies off. And from doing so, then the house try, almost falls and caves down on the family. But luckily, uh, Simon puts up a shield and protects all of them. And now we're getting um, a flashback in Lamsky's mind of years ago when he was with his girlfriend. Um, and they seem like they're having a pretty good time. They were at the carnival, living life, and she tells them, hey, let's have some fun. You only live once. And as she says that before they kiss, Hal Jordan is in the air with the kids on the uh, Ferris wheel, being a superhero, as he always is. Mm-hmm. And he forgets completely about his girlfriends even there. He's just so in shock of awe of seeing him again. He has to remember he doesn't have time for love. He doesn't have time for a social life. His only life is to get strong enough to get a Green Lantern ring. So in this scene, we get to see his girlfriend's looking at Hal and saying, oh, nice guy. I guess he really is a hero. He saved those kids or is playing with the kids. She turns around and says, Frank, Frank's nowhere to be found. This is where he goes off and says um, he appreciates her love that she gave him, but she was right. You only live once. And his goal is in this life is to become a Green Lantern. Um, Now, as we're seeing the current present of today, He's freaking out once again with this ring, and he can't get control of it. But Valhum's telling him, "Get get control of yourself, dude. You're like you're the bearer of the ring. You better learn how to uh, control this thing, and you need to be quiet before you break the guardian up." So he tells him sorry, and he the only way it seems like he can control his uh, emotions is when he was in uh is a uh, he was a pilot and he was flying. He had to focus on that and became back to will of being the Green Lantern. Um, and he's still complaining. Valhum uh, about the ring, and he tells him, "Silence! Aren't you the protect? Aren't you the uh, bearer of the Phantom Ring?" He said, "Yes, I am." He said, "Well, sorry, acting like it and prove it." So now the Green Lanterns they are upset. Uh, Simon's pissed that he can't find him, and Jessica's now beginning to give uh, Lemsky the benefit of the doubt. She's saying, "What if we had the Phantom Ring? What would we become? Uh, would you do the same to me? Would you just want to punch me? Ask no questions? Won't want to try to talk this out to figure out why and what's wrong with me?" And they're getting to argument. He's not really focused on that. But then she, he comes to realization. She said, with both of us having the ring, you know the one thing that we may become? The uh, Lantern of Fear. We might become like the Sinestro Corps. And as they figure that out, um, and Jessica and Simon get really quiet, there's a panel where they don't barely talk at all. They're just thinking, what if? Because they're both afraid of what they, if something happens with the Green Lantern ring, they'll fail. That's their main uh, fear and fear and will, as we've known for years, uh, the yellow ring, the green ring, that's the main thing that can stop the green ring. Um, but as they're quiet, they get a disturbance um, from the south on their ring, and they go to where the green lanterns had made the place of no fear. Is this little monument of a lantern in the middle of the park. And Lebowski's... Uh, Lebowski. Lemensky. <laughs> um, I don't know why I said Lebowski. I'm thinking about the great Lebowski. Um... <laughs> He uh, he's there posing, showing off, saying, "Hey everybody, look at me! I'm the Green Lantern." Hey girls, you want to take a picture with me? I'm okay with selfies. As he's doing that, they start to walk away, and Simon uh puts some type of uh, hold on his hand so he can't use his ring. 
But he's also afraid of them taking the ring away from him. So he eventually starts to go right back into the lantern of fear. And he shows um, these, I guess what their fear was, or just talking, what would they become if they had the yellow ring? Uh, Simon and Jessica are now these constructs of yellow lanterns of themselves. Yeah, they're being uh, attacked next, by their worst fears. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure if their worst fear would have been, hey, getting hit by a truck, they would have seen a truck coming. But since this is what they just thought about and discussed, um, that's what's coming to life. Uh, the next issue would be Phantom Lantern Part 3. Awesome. So that's the re- <coughs> or reviews. And it looks like we really have only one thing left to do. We gotta go to the... And this week, as always, the Comic Shop Pull List is brought to you by the Shazbots. That is their song, The Comic Shop. Go ahead and check them out on Facebook and on iTunes. Let them know that DC Superpower sent you. This week, the Comic Pull List is for um, December 21st, 2016, only a couple days before Christmas. And we're yep. starting off this week with Batman number 13. This is I'll the I Am Suicide. Huh, you want to get it? Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to do that. We can you know, go back for it, but I'll get the first one. Um... This one is I Am Bat. I'm sorry, I'm Batman. This is Batman issue number 13, I Am Suicide Squad, the conclusion. Um, Batman is, remains with his team to face, comes face to face with Bane and the Psycho Pirate in a final battle at San Priesta. And he also is learning, rather, this was truly a suicide squad mission, a suicide mission. Okay. Covered done by Michael Wan and written by Tom King. Awesome. The next one up is Cyborg number seven, The Bionic Betrayal. Captured and at the mercy of a terrorist cell. Cyborg must escape to prevent a powerful traitor from within Star Labs from using top-secret alien technology to invade the Pentagon and unleash a new world war by seizing control of the nation's most powerful nuclear weapons. Art is done by Tony Cordos and Paul um, Pilletier and written by John Semper Jr. Sweet. Um, Next one is Green Arrow issue number 13. Emerald Outlaw part 2. Snow falls on the sea. On Seattle, as the memorial race heats up mayoral with the race. rush of murderers and implicates a deadly archer. As the city wonders what's to become of their emerald archer, Green Arrow and Black Canary race to rule out the prime suspect, Emiko Queen. Uh, covered by W. Scott Forbes and written by Benjamin Percy. Okay. Next up, we just did Green Lanterns, um, Green Lanterns number 12. Well, we get Green Lanterns number 13. The Phantom Lantern Part 5. The Phantom Lantern controls all aspects of the emotional spectrum. But can Green Lantern's Jessica Cruz and Simon Baz figure out which of those can also defeat their new enemy? Art is done by Ronan Click, and it's written by Sam Humphreys. Cool. Next on our list, we have Harley Quinn, issue number 10. More holiday Harley Quinn. Exactly. She's all about the... She's in the Christmas spirit this year, and you know I can't hate on that. Come spend holidays with Harley in issue 10's collection of wintry short stories. Just don't expect to make it to New Year's in one piece. <laughs> Covered by Amanda Connor and written by Jimmy Palamani. Okay. Next up, we get Justice League number 11. Outbreak. Conclusion. Beaten, battered, and outnumbered, the Justice League faces utter annihilation when Amazo and a host of the Ooh. team's deadliest enemies are released from prisons around the world as part of one man's revenge against the world's greatest superheroes. Art is being done by Daniel Henriquez and Neil Edwards, and it's written by Brian Hitch. I'm loving Amazo's new look. 
Yeah, he looks cool in the in Justice League. Yeah, they didn't change up too much uh, with his tights or whatnot. They're still green, but his uh, upper body looks different. I like that. Um, next issue we have Nightwing issue number eleven, Bloodhaven Part Two. They call themselves the Runoffs, and now this group of villains that Blood that Batman and Nightwing ran out of Gotham City plan to do the same thing to the former Boy Wonder. But can he find the serial killer terrorizing the city before the Runoffs catch up with him? Covers are done by Marcus too and Jim Seeley. So Tim, we do get to find we do get to find out that uh, the runaway the runoffs were previously in Gotham, and it looks like the gorilla has a team with him. Yeah, hmm. it's interesting. It's gonna be trouble for uh, Nightwing. He might need to get his own team together. Who knows? We might get a little uh, surprise from Teen Titans, possibly. Hopefully. That'd be kind of <laughs> cool. Well, not Teen Titans, but just Titans. I'm sorry, Titans. They're so, gr- they're grown now. Teen no Titans. more Teen. Yeah. <laughs> So next up, we got Superman number thirteen. More, we get more of um um yeah him Frankenstein. Frankenstein. That's it. <laughs> Sinister Purpose Part Two. Here comes the bride, and her forearms are loaded with weapons. And on what side of those guns is Lois Lane going to be? The mystery of one of the citizens of Hamilton will be exposed, with monstrous consequences for all. Art by Jamie Mendoza and Doug Mankey, and written by Patrick Gleason and Peter J. Tomasi. I'm going to like this. Anytime uh, we get some monsters in there with Superman, it seems like the books are amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, well, he doesn't have to hold we... his punches back. Mm-hmm. Next, we have Trinity number four, Bear Together Part Four. The trio's tribulations have turned the Black Mercy's gift, I knew it, into the world of nightmares that gives birth into a horde that can only be called the White Mercy. And what scares Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman could destroy the world, covered by Claymon and... Written by uh, Francis Manipal. Now, I, I was very curious about this. It's going to go on this one second. Um, do you remember me saying there was a, an episode in Justice League uh, Unlimited, one of the first episodes when Batman and Wonder Woman went to give uh, Superman his birthday gifts? Yeah. And it turns out Mongol already stopped there first with the Black Mercy. That get, that was Superman's gift to him um, or from him. Well, I was reading this. I'm like, huh, that seems very familiar from what they already saw in the cartoons. And turns out... It is the Black Mercy. Well, That's probably Poison Ivy. Wasn't Black Mercy also um, what Astro was using in um, the first season of Supergirl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I was telling you at work, it, I was I was hoping this was the Black Mercy plan. It makes sense. Poison Ivy uh, with take care of this. Um, in the cartoon, we got to see Batman's fear. We got to see Superman's fear, but we never got to see what Wonder Woman was afraid of. So in here, I I really curious on what she actually is afraid of. What's her biggest nightmare? Exactly. So we got two more books for this week. Um, first was Aquaman 13. Did you want to do that one, or do you want to do Justice League? I was going to do Justice League. Okay. Well, I have Aquaman number 13 then. The Deluge Part 2. The war between the United States and Atlantis takes a turn for the worse when the U.S. activates its newest weapon to assassinate Aquaman and dismantle his undersea kingdom. The Aquamarines. That's, uh, wow, that actually they actually did that? <laughs> they did. So it's a group of colors. Now, the Aquamarines, super soldiers who have been biologically enhanced to combat the abilities of any Atlantean. Art is done by Wayne Foucher and Scott Eaton, and it's written by Dan Abnett. And it looks like and the, the last... cover, they... Oh, go ahead. I was say from the cover of Aquaman, it seemed like we got a lot of Justice League on there. I wonder if she's going to go into um, Suicide Squad. Possibly, because this or next coming one after here, Suicide Squad. we're getting the first... Uh, wow, they... Okay, they did put the rest of it there. Okay. We get the first book of the Justice League Suicide Squad crossover. Yes, this is something we've been waiting on for months now. 
Um, Justice League and Suicide versus Suicide Squad issue number one. Now this is going to be a little bit more pricey too. I want to say, but it's only two bucks more, and I'm surprised. I'm surprised not more. But this is going to be definitely worth. Well, this the is buy. also forty pages. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of read material, guys. The first major event storyline of DC's Rebirth era begins with a day Amanda Waller always knew would come. The Justice League discover the existence of the Suicide Squad. This government-sponsored black ops team of supervillains with bombs implanted into their brains is obviously a big deal or a deal-breaker for Earth's paragons of truth and justice. But you can bet that the wall and her task for X won't go down without a fight to the end all fights as the weekly series gets underway. Okay, so this will be weekly. Yeah, six weeks. Um, And this is (laughs) written by... Uh, Joshua Williams and cover art is done. Cover and art is done by Jason Fabuk. Um, now you also, if you go on the um, DC website, um, you can get a little bit of a preview of eight pages. I'm going to click on this right now and give you guys a little description to let you know what's going on. I think it's nice we get a little trailer with these guys, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so far, they're just kind of going uh, through the prison. Nothing really big happening. Oh wow, this is zooming zooming me in like I'm reading comics exology. This might take a little bit longer. Um, yeah. There, some firing action goes on. Some guards get killed. Uh, a scientist or whoever's uh, he's looking. He's wearing a lab coat. So I'm going to assume he's a either a scientist or a chemist somewhere he's working for. Uh, they're telling him to open up and don't let them escape. Somebody else gets killed. There's just a lot of violence going on here. There's a ray beam that attacks people, and they're uh, turned to skeletons. Then there's like a rope that attacks people. Blood getting splattered. A big boom. Uh, the doctor's dead. <laughs> oh, man. And then we get Justice League versus Suicide Squad. That was a nice little preview. Didn't reveal too much at all. I have no idea what's going on. So, uh, can't wait for next week. This is going to be... I wonder if I should go to the uh, comic shop. Are they, they're they not open Sunday. Dang it. No, they're not. At least ours Oh, man. I, I hope they're open because uh, books like these usually sell out like hotcakes. So, yeah. probably should have pre-ordered this. Well, you still can. Mm. You just got to go to the shop and talk to them about it. Oh, uh, well, they have to go Monday. Okay, I can tell him. I can tell him Tuesday, maybe. Yeah, I was gonna say they're closed Monday, actually. Unless I oh yeah, go, he is. Uh, he is. I forgot. Go up to um, JC Comics, but um, so but hopefully, hopefully, that, we, hopefully, I get this book. <laughs> yeah, I think that brings us to the uh, to the end of the show for today. Mm-hmm. So it's been, actually been a pretty good book. There's a lot of news this week. A lot, and um, I think they probably planned out that way. Maybe uh, since they had, you're gonna have their little uh break with their comp with their tv show so they can focus more on different news stories uh yeah. with the tv and the movies so what but vernon why don't you let everybody know where they can find us you can find us on twitter at superpowers dc and you can find us on our facebook and instagram feeds at dc superpowers podcast for my personal instagram you can find me at vl i'm sorry not vl hollow Nat wolf uh, v Yellow for Twitter and Vernon McWayne Moore for Facebook and you can find my partner Ken on his Facebook at yeah on my Facebook you can find me as Ken Rose on Instagram and Twitter I'm GW1Ken and as always you can find the DC Superpowers podcast on our um, home at the WeebyGeeksPC.com we're proud members of the Weeby Geeks podcast network and the Tangent Bound podcast networks <laughs> <coughs> and you can also find a, um, shoot us an email over at DC Superpowers Podcast at gmail.com. Now remember, let us know if um, if you figure out a way to watch super, or just League action on the internet. Let us know so we can watch it too. Yes, and we can give you our thoughts on that. And also, remember, 
Um, we're still looking for iTunes reviews, guys. Shoot over to go over to iTunes. Look up DC Superpowers Podcast. Leave us a rating and review. As soon as we get any number of ten, we will draw a name from everybody who's left a review, and you'll get free comic books. Right now, we actually have a couple of copies of the um, Rebirth Special Number One. We actually have what the first three printings, so we have the three separate covers. Mm-hmm. So the first person, the first covers, and they, yeah, they've students. done more reprints since then, but these are more so like uh, director's cuts, I think. Exactly. So um, whoever the as soon as we get to ten, the first person to get free comics from us gets three books. Mm-hmm. So um, I think so, that'd be a good little holiday gift for you guys. Exactly. So shoot on over there, give us a rating and review. We'll probably read it on the air, give you a shout out. Um, but from there, I think we're done for this week, aren't we? We are. We have some good news and some good books. We can't exactly. wait till next week. So, super friends, we'll see. You, we'll see you next week. Vernon, you got anything else? That's it, guys. Okay. Enjoy yourselves and keep being good fans of DC. And if you don't hear from us before then, have a happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs>